Hi guys, George from 38th Avenue here. Just a quick few notes before we start off this week's show, our new interview with Gus. We had a great time. It's really hilarious. We went for a long time as well, which is why I cut the show in half. The next hour and a half of the show will be next week. Also, one thing that I hate to say, but it was something that went wrong technically, is that Gus, maybe his levels were turned up a little too high on the mic. He might have laughed and talked too loud at some points, but uh, he blows his mic out a lot, which makes listening kind of tough. Um, so I would recommend watching this episode on YouTube rather than having that kind of scratchy noise that when the mic gets too high, you know, invade your ears. But nevertheless, if you can get beyond that, we had a great time and it was a really fun episode. Hope to have Gus back soon and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Hey, we're live, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back to What I Learned on 38th Avenue, George. Is this for real? Yeah, talk right in the mic. We're on, bro. Yeah, we're going. Oh, yeah. You want to just yeah. talk through my intro, Doc? Yeah. We'll start over. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back to What I Learned on 38th Avenue, George. Andy. We have a very, very special guest. He was the host of the worst episode on 38th Avenue ever. <laughs> that was really bad. No, it was so bad. Did you think it was a bad episode? Oh, it was no. trash. A week, ago, a week ago, I thought about that. I was like, what am I going to say for Gus's intro? <laughs> I was like, I have to say that. No. It was so bad. Gus is one of the, probably one of you know, you know what the problem was is there was way too much hype around it. There was like Gus is coming on. We talked about him way too much, and it was like fucking like like Odin was coming. Yeah, <laughs> and not that you're not. Everything's Odin gotta look like nice. Gus, but uh, how you doing, dude? Yeah. I'm good. You gotta talk right in the like the bottom, like you're on the news, like right the into top, this. into the, or the top. top, yeah, or the top right here. <laughs> But don't hold it, you know, that close. George usually holds scoring. the mic upside down, so that's the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you hold it, like, right there. If, if you have it, like, right here. Hey, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a missing piece we've got for our fucking deal that I forgot to bring, so you got to hold it like a peasant. I apologize. Yeah. I'm a second-rate guest. Yeah, dude. You'll get, <laughs> I'm a filler. <laughs> no, every <laughs> guest has had that mic, actually. Every, every one of them. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So This sorry, is the I what I haven't learned yet on 38th Avenue show. Right. The, the one I'm still, I still need to learn. Learning from our mistakes. Oh, I hope I yeah. just build up from Charlie and Augie's episode. I'll tell you what, though. What we do have now on 38th Avenue, which is amazing, is weekly releases of the episode. We've got full video throughout the entire thing, and we've got a bunch of back catalog shows. Josh is still coming. Lucas is still coming. Gus in the house. Bro, how you feel you back on 38th it's Avenue? Funny. What do you learn since? I feel good to be back. What I've learned is we're no longer on 38th Avenue. That's true. We're not. But the new studio is ball. Please don't say the location. It's awesome. It's 38th Avenue. We're actually on, we're actually on 38th Avenue still. That's actually. right. Yeah, yeah, just in a different house. Hey, so I thought sure. a fun way, you know, I want to dispense with all the pleasantries and bullshit, and I want to get right down to what this show is about, which is talk and shop. And so I thought a fun game we could return to, I think Andy and I did on episode six or something when it was a solo episode between just us, was we came up with a list of celebrities, politicians, fictional characters, and we took turns, listed them off, and then we just did sort of like Rorschach test Freudian like first response reaction to the person that we brought up. It went right. great, yeah. So I, brought, I put together a list of six guys, so did Gus. I thought it was five. Uh, five. So Andy five. got one too. I'm gonna start, and you guys just roll from there. And uh, we'll so, wait, what are we saying? First thing we think about when we, we hear it. First thing we think about, and hey, dude, if it rolls, if we never get to another name again, who cares? But what I'm trying to do is avoid talking about politics, avoid talking about COVID, and just get into just. You know, I thought you were gonna say avoid talking about coke. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we no, don't do that yeah, that much. Dude, the whole episode of Lucas is about smoking cigarettes, literally. But uh, <laughs> but it's great, isn't it? It's great. It is great. It is a good episode. <laughs> Fucking good. Lucas is a good. Guy. All right, here's here's my first Fuck guy. Okay, we're gonna start off on a on a fun uh, on a fun note here. Uh, Big mouth Billy. 
In my childhood bedroom, my entire life, and in my fraternity, and probably in my new house, I just yeah. Our first you know the bass on the wall where you press the button and be like, "Take me back to the river." Wait, what was the song it sang? Sing like, "Don't rock the boat, don't tip the boat over, rock the boat." Well, do you remember the deer? Remember the deer head we had in our basement that would talk? And like we had like it talked one time. It like worked one. No, no, no. Okay, when we first got that thing, we had a microphone that was remote, and so you could like walk out of the room and you could talk, and it would move its mouth and like look around and like say what you're saying, and it was like. It was pretty mind-blowing when you're 13. It was like, how the fuck does this kind of technology exist? Yeah, so we'll keep rolling on shit like this, like the Big Mouth Billy Bass, which was like the Christmas gift of 1998, right? Mine were not. Okay, mine my, mine were not like the Big Mouth Billy Bass. Now I'm looking at my list. Of Big my- Mouth Billy Bass. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you would like win the Big Mouth Billy Bass at like the uh, the, the Delta Waterfowl dinners and stuff. <laughs> totally. Dude, you, everyone thought that was hilarious like that night. They'd like keep playing it and be like, oh shit. Yeah, like they'd be like, all right, our next one. And someone would go, rock the boat. And, and they'd, they'd be like, like oh. We'd be like, Dan, we're going to put it up on the wall. And Shit in the trash. <laughs> we ours was in the wall in the office, and it was like motion detection. And so my dad, like, one time he had like a really bad day, and he walked into the office, and it just starts going like, "Take me back!" And he just <laughs> grabbed it off the wall and like smashed it on the table. It was just we were all like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> it was almost like like, and, and yeah, and I guess now we just have a dog barking whenever you walk into the house, so it's pretty much the exact same fucking thing. But at least it was a right. song last time. Yeah, the deer sang Pat Benatar. It was like, "Hit me with your best, best shot." How would you like to have a? How would you like to be a grown man with grown man ass problems? and walk in and just be stressed and if someone just goes <laughs> just fucking be like take my back <laughs> you'd be like oh fuck. What, what's, your, what's your name guys what's uh, your name? okay I got a Next name Gwyneth Paltrow. That's not a, that's not a fictional character. I said celebrity, fictional character. Yeah, oh, I thought you said I thought you were like that was like no. It could be a, criteria. A criteria okay. is just an entity. Of Gwyneth Paltrow. I uh, fucking Iron Man. She, I don't yeah, know. Dude, no, she was a she was in lots of shit back in the day. No, I know she was. Yeah, married to the Coldplay guy. She dated. Did she, she, she name her kid Apple or some shit? Yeah, I thought you guys were talking about the vagina rocks. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you not heard about that? I heard that she's doing some goop shit or Gwyneth, some Gwyneth Paltrow, healing she puts medicine. Like gems or some kind of weird like rock like in her to like help like to conceive or something. What was that? Weird? You were like in a. What's that company called? They always talk about it on the Daily Mail on Snapchat. It's like goop, 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 goop. Yeah, like they goop. did. A, he, she did a show about it on Netflix, and everyone was like, "This is so irresponsible. This is pseudoscience. This is not real medicine. Uh, putting rocks in your oh your vadrangus and your vadrangus. <laughs> yeah, this is not medically effic- efficacious. Apparently, but she's she's beautiful. Did you watch this shit? Inspiring. And did I watch her? She's perform- white. I thought she was good in Iron Man. I liked her in Iron Man. Did I watch her perform the goop surgery? No, yeah. I did not. I thought what she is, was great in Iron Man. I thought she was great. Yeah, I well, she's apparently she's a back. huge weirdo. I could see that. Like a total weirdo. I think you just become yeah. a weirdo in Hollywood. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she does great in the movie, so what do I give a fuck? Wait, what time is it? Oh, no, never mind. I was looking at my thing. I was like, oh, is it like 6.52? I was like, holy shit, how did time go backwards? Go ahead, Andy. What do you, what do you uh, got? Do, have we covered Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, we're good with that. My next one's Captain Ahab. Oh, that's I was choosing good. fictional that's characters. Good. Okay, I'm really curious to see the rest of Andy's characters. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, my character—they're like very fictional. No, Captain Ahab. The fr- I, what, what's the first thing that comes to you guys having here? Captain Ahab. I think of him stuck to the side of the whale with like a harpoon in him and shit, and he's like getting. Isn't that what happens to him? He gets roped yeah. up on the whale. I, when around. I think of Captain Ahab, I think of myself working very hard for my dreams that are not actually my dreams, and they're somebody else's, and then I go down with the ship one day. Nice, dude. <laughs> Okay, I just think of commitment. No, that was pretty. De- that was no, that's pretty, like the deep. That's that was pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. But that's like how I when I see Captain Ahab, that's kind of a reminder where I'm like, because I have that book on audiobook and I listen to it all the fucking time. Dude. That's like one of my go tos when I'm on a car ride is Moby Dick. Yeah, the, the illustrated great illustrated classics version, so it's actually enjoyable to read. It's not okay. like 1800 speak. Um, there was a big whale. Andy's like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the whale was so big. I get it. I'm done. They could eat 50 <laughs> cheeseburgers in one gulp. 
Okay. No, I listened to all Ahab the Grail. Didn't like him. Well, if you listen, if you listen to Grail Street Classics the mo- version of the that, the whale made Ahab very angry. <laughs> that's that's literally what it's like. It goes through it like very deep. That book's sketchy. I mean, that, that the book whale goes, took something from Ahab, and then the Ishmael was very sad. Well, that comes that that book is about in like the eighteen hundreds when you had absolutely no purpose in life because there was really like yeah. nothing out there. And this dude just goes, "What am I going to do with the rest of my life?" And he's like, kind of a rich dude, whatever. And he's like, "You know what? I'm going to go on a whaling ship because at least I'll like it'll be adventurous." And totally. like, but that's the end of his life he's like i'm gonna die on this ship yeah the main character ishmael like he he, when he goes on that ship he has nothing else to like imagine everybody but ishmael dies right no uh does ishmael die qq qq quiquay quiquay dies no quiquay doesn't die he dies in his coffin no he makes the coffin but he doesn't die he gets better no he definitely dies no i've listened to this book a million times there's no way quiquay dies in that book all right we're gonna we're gonna google this you know the coffin is what ishmael floats on yeah but quiquay doesn't die he definitely is what dies he's one of the harpooners he dies that is a good story, though. All right, for some reason, why the fuck am I connecting to Wi-Fi? Does your guys' phones just automatically connect? This is not what we. Because that's to talk that's about. the tragedy is that <laughs> Captain A. <laughs> when I typed it, I don't know how to spell Queequeg. It comes up with the death of Quaikon Jin like <laughs> on the YouTube video. No, but that's the, that's the tragedy is that Ahab has this vendetta with Moby Dick, mm-hmm. and because his vendetta is so strong, he takes the whole crew with him. And the no, he just dies. Part. It's just him that dies. Do you know how he dies? Uh, it's definitely not just. He so gets they, they, to the whale. Yeah, no, but they, but they throw the harpoon, and then what happens is is basically when there's when the rope is loose, there's like loops in it, and one of the loops goes around his neck, and the whale turns, and the power oh, of the whale okay. turning was so much that the rope just went static and basically just launched him off the ship. Nice. That's how it happens. I'm pretty sure Gus read the Great <coughs> Illustrated Classics version when he was like eight and is trying to fucking. I loved those. That's why I read that. right Last now. I read the Great Illustrated Classics with that book. They're all. I mean, they're all great. So I, I mean, I, Robinson Crusoe is another book that I love. I've read all the real versions of them. I read all the Great Illustrated Classics. There's easier listens when you're in the fucking car and you don't get all this detail with it. Sure. They're explaining like a ship for like an hour. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Like, I don't care. Like, let's get to the story. Let's get let's get this thing moving. Whatever. Okay, like, you want the yeah you bullet points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, because you're. Just, I mean, I'm driving to South Dakota. I don't need to like the right. real books like twenty. I, I'm listening to a book that Pat Martin actually recommended to me. What is it called? It's called Endurance, and it's about. I'm not very far in it. One of my biggest things that I get fucked up is I start an audiobook, listen to like two hours of it, and then I hear about some other book, and I start I move to that, and I like just have all these like littered. My audio library is just littered with like half listened to shit. But like, um, uh, I started listening to this book called Endurance. It's about these guys who literally went to the Arctic Circle in like the late 1800s. They're from Britain, right? Yeah. Uh, the the boat basically gets crushed by ice, right? Just wedged in between two pieces of yeah. ice and crushed, and so basically they have to. <laughs> dude, how fucking sketchy would that be if you're like, oh my god, like imagine the things. Okay, dude, when I when I was in Get everything off the boat before it sinks. When I was in Idaho, and we were on like day four and it starts snowing and we were in tent like a tent in the mountains. I was like, I shouldn't have done this, but like I get to go home. Imagine like the regret yeah. of like dudes just like, why the f am I here dude, when yeah. your boat gets smashed? The fear. Because someone's going to be like, we'll just wait for the next ship to come. Oh, and the thing well, is... Well, it's like, you want to talk about dude, a tree falling in the woods and nobody hearing it? The 1800s in Antarctica? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> no one heard about that took, one. They're going to find you 20 years later when the next expedition well, yeah, right, here, They're not even going to think you made it. They're going to write you off as, like, gone in a storm. The captain, <laughs> of, the captain of the ship was part of a previous expedition, and they put, like, a little, like, shack full of food and provisions mm. on an island, and they're like... Just in case anybody else ever gets trapped, they can work their way on the lifeboats to this island and get supplies. And then he found himself being like, I'm the guy. Right? <laughs> so all the shit he put there like 20 years before, or like five years before, he was like, oh. But it took the boat. <laughs> Way to pay five, me back. Yeah, it took the boat five days to sink. 
So they, he said literally guys would like take a nap and they'd like work their ass off to try to keep it going. And then they'd be like, I have to fucking sleep. And they just get up and they'd be like, still getting crushed. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, and, and you know what they did? The thing about Antarctica, that's so crazy. So back in the day, the reason we have so many wild hogs in America and stuff like that is because when the first people came through America, what they do is, is they just leave pigs on the shore all across like the coast, all through the islands and the Caribbean and stuff like that. Because when they came back through, they needed a food source. So they just stop on an island and shoot some pigs. Oh. That's why we have wild hogs everywhere. Oh. And all, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're all these Asian, like, Smart. that's why all of our pigs are all like these weird Asian breeds because they all got them in like on the 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 Silk Road they brought them to Europe and then they were like we're just gonna leave them they did this in Antarctica oh, because they thought pigs because they were like okay these pigs can survive on islands with no food they could survive in the cold okay like they'll eat each other they, they went so the first expedition dropped like a shit ton of pigs second one third one they came back for the fourth one to actually use them and they were all gone I feel like a really good way to write science fiction or how a great way to do it is that you basically take a historical occurrence like that's sort of like esoteric and weird like that and you just put it in space so I just thought of a great idea for like a movie that would be like a, a planet we don't have the budget for yeah like, <laughs> like a planet where they put a bunch of animals that they could eat and then like they go to the planet later and that's like overrun with the animals and they're like fucking wild crazy alien. Alien. Maybe, they, alien maybe they were gonna eat the maybe they're gonna eat yeah. the parasites and it turned out they're like God, face dude. suckers we gotta wait, go to the moon wait four years from now you and I have to act with pigs alien pigs George is like we only have these pigs for two hours that's freaking good one of them like overheats and George has like a panic attack hey big deal people get bitten by pigs all the time let's keep rolling okay we're many of these guys from Westboro okay or worse, we break into one of the places at West Fair. I'm selling what, these what to a dog fight in two hours. Let's go. <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if George is like, hey, we're going to go to a hog confinement. This guy's going to let me film. We give like the, the cold to him and 10,000 pigs die. So farmer's just like, oh my God. This guy said George could, is like, I'm going to donate the proceeds of this movie to the hog guys, I wrote the burying of the pigs in a mass grave into the script. So when we're doing it, it'll be part of the movie. Only one of us is a 30th Avenue t-shirt. He's a fan. The farmer regrets ever making friends with your dad. He's like, fuck my whole life. Dude, am I like an Ed, Ed, and Eddie like scheming motherfucker who gets people to go along with scams? Dude, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like Tom Sawyer but related to us. <laughs> you're, you're like you're like Ed. You're not like Double D. I don't okay. know who Double D would be. Yeah. You you're not Eddie. You're Wait, no, 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 not Ed. You're Eddie. You're yeah, a guy with like Eddie, the slick back yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, trying to, yeah, he's the scheming motherfucker. Don't you guys want some jawbreakers? Bro? I would say, yeah, you're like a mix between him and Double D. Okay, thank um, you. I don't know who Ed would be. Bro, I promise. It's just going to be 15 minutes. It's going to be the quickest film of your life. It's going to be so quick. My next name. Five okay, I don't want to do You guys all later. appreciate when it's over and it's done. You watch it in the theater and you're like, Yeah, it doesn't you mean so you're not cool. an absolute driver. My, <laughs> my next name is Ebenezer Scrooge. Nice. What do you guys think about wait, 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 wait. I'm going to go back on Ahab real quick. Let's hear it. Because my favorite character in Moby Dick is actually the opposite of Ahab, which is Starbuck, who's the first mate. And Starbuck is supposed to be the like quintessential hero. Yeah. He looks good. He's kind. Super he's cool. like, like competent, manager. Yeah. And he is theoretically should be the captain, but his one flaw is his like commitment to uh, like rank or whatever it's because Captain Ahab owns the ship he just like Ooh. he's like the voice of reason the whole time everything that they should do is what Starbucks says, but he's a lower class guy. But he's so lower they, class, so they don't take his opinion. Well, and that's that's the thing. Back in the day, is like I mean, humans for the longest time have just lived by creed and like hierarchy because for some yeah. reason that makes sense to us. Whatever evolution, evolutionary reason that makes sense to us, and so I feel like somebody back in the day, that's all you have. And so imagine like the like the uh, moral compass. 
yeah. quote unquote disaster it would be if all of a sudden like you just were like I'm in charge. I feel like ever it would just completely throw chaos into the mix because the only reason people are on that ship doing horrible shit all day long, like you're getting yeah. scurvy and you're dying, but you're a part of something. And, uh, and you're like, I have a community. I'm not just some fucking guy on the shore. Yeah. There's worse options on shore. And you know, Gus, <laughs> and, and since then we've obviously massively adopted meritocracy in part to your boy, Napoleon, right? Gus here is the resident Napoleon expert, right? Big fan. Yeah. I heard actually an interesting sort of like paleoconservative argument against meritocracy, right? Because it's basically corporations undermining the family. And they're like, they want to try to tell you that like nepotism is the worst possible thing that could happen because the corporate structure just wants you to just like meritocracy. They don't appreciate family bonds or ties or they want to create new relationships and destroy old ones like Mm. family. Interesting. I I, I think I probably err on the side of meritocracy is good. Well, I think, I think the difference is like you can do a mixture of like family and meritocracy, you just can't have one or the other. I mean, yeah, sure. meritocracy is sure. fine on its own. But anywho, what I was gonna say was, what is a meritocracy? Promoting people with the merit. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what a meritocracy oh, oh. means. Well, that means that show. like you promote people based on their merit, not on their social yeah. station. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, so right. like with Captain Ahab, he got to be the captain because he's like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, he owned the boat. We can still do things like that. But to where like Gus would, you could t- talk to this. Armies used to be like, hey, if you were the count's son, you were the fucking like commander. Yeah, you could buy your position. Like, you now buy- the yeah. army is this guy's the best guy for the job, so he'll keep the job. Until yeah, Napoleon essentially he was like, no more like people's kids running my shit. I want the best guys here, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we really still have that in terms of like who you, who you know. You know what I mean? It's right. all it's all about who you know in the way that like. Yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're like just an absolute top performer and you're great, then I think you're going to go forward and stuff like that. I think that exists, but I, I mean, it's still who you know. What kind of pushback did Napoleon get for that, guys? Uh, n- none because he does it during the revolution. So the French Revolution happens, and like oh. anyone who's like was status quo earlier is now gone or they dead at this point. Off. So they have like a vacuum of people, and then all these other people just show up. Like a lot of his marshals were, like his his right hand men were like, you know, farmers' sons, innkeepers' sons, like people like the sons of prostitutes, like all kinds of stuff. You ever heard of the Scarlet Pimpernel? No, I haven't. What's up? Okay, he's he's considered kind of like everyone looks to Batman and superheroes and like, oh, Zorro, like those were, you know, Robin Hood, they were the OG kind of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Pimpernel was a um, mid-1800s character written by a British lady. He was a, a rich guy who wore a disguise, a mask, and he was the Scarlet Pimpernel, and he had a whole team of dudes, and they would save people from getting the guillotine in, this is a book is not real mm. save people from getting the guillotine by robespierre right and he and he pretended to be like a foppish like idiot but then he was secretly like this badass dude who was saving all these people in france so people are like that was the first like superhero the first masked avenger let me ask like, you this I, I mean i'm, I'm yeah. not i'm not 100 on this um before the idea of meritocracy or whatever did they have the story of like the nobody who rises like was that a big um, yeah like Jonathan. literary device yeah, yeah. So, yeah, somebody who like would come in. I know what you mean. The Horatio Alger story. Yeah, exactly. Is that was that a literary device back then, or was that kind of created after this? That period? was like Industrial Revolution. Like everyone, okay. you ever heard of Horatio Alger? Well, oh, actually, I was gonna say, Go ahead. I was yeah. gonna say Robin Hood, but Robin Hood is technically like royalty in the story. He was, yeah. and so was, and you look at like the, the guy who's story. on, like, um, and he was correcting a problem oh, which was it? that not that. <clears throat> That being a king is wrong, but that we got the wrong king in there once we no, got the right. Well, there, who, there are stories of rising up. They're oh, just yeah. different. Like, 
Like, like who's the guy in the three? Well, the king three, Arthur, um, the, technically, he was the son of a king, but he w- became like a squire peasant. What was the dude's name in Three Musketeers? Was like, what was the guy's name in Three Musketeers? D'Artagnan. Yeah, D'Artagnan. Yeah, he was he was royalty, but he was like shit royalty. Like he would have been like the dude who like um, who were the people in Game of Thrones who had like the red wedding? Um, who were just kind of like the phrase. Yeah, yeah, he would have been yeah. like the phrase family where he was just some guy. Or, he had like a, a skinny ass horse that was like yeah. completely malnourished. Or like the Lannister cousin that Jamie kills in the cage. You yeah, to, exactly. You have yeah. to think about this too, though. But the, he uh, rose. So that, I think I feel like it's like back then you had this idea where it was like they still had the underdog story, but the underdog was not like like it's, it wasn't in this caste system where like an untouchable like in India, for instance, would be like would never rise yeah. to the the occasion. It would be like some guy who wasn't in line for the throne, but he rose. What were you going to say? What I was going to say was they don't like back then you could only afford books if you were wealthy or from a wealthy family. So the underdog story comes from. Like the bottom of the wealthy class, because that's probably what the wealthy class wanted to listen to was just like things that they would write. But like the true underdog story comes later yeah. when like reading and education goes down to like the lower class. There was a guy named Horatio Alger who wrote like dime novels in the 20s and 30s. And they all were underdog stories about poor kids who started off shining shoes, but they were smart. And maybe they shined the shoes of a rich executive, and he gave him a job, and then they climbed to the top. He Oliver wrote twi- like Oliver Twist. He, he wrote like yeah, but he wrote like eighty of these, and they captivated a nation that had just sort of really like yeah. accepted industrialized Be- capital. Better than right? Oliver Twist. Um. Uh. Who? Oh God. The, the magician took his name in. Uh, um, oh, David Copperfield. Yeah, David Copperfield. Have you read the? I'm talking to my. Have you? Ever, I think I am at least. I'm yeah. a goddamn professional. Is that, now, one, of your, is that have, one of your other names? Have, David you ever, have you ever read David Copperfield by uh, Charles Dickens? No. It's literally that story. He's born to like a, a widow who like dies in childbirth, and he lives in an orphanage, and he basically just becomes like. It's a lot like The Great Gatsby, I guess. He basically just becomes really successful, but then there's like a lot of roadblocks in the way and stuff like that. And but that, I feel like that is like one of the first stories about that of somebody who like is at, Charles Dickens really went in on like the underdog story like that. Where did Napoleon rose? Yeah, but his his father was technically wealthy, but he was not. He was one of. We're not wealthy, but his father had a very like strenuous connection to royalty, and so that's what got him into like the French military academy, which was helped him rise. Do you think him being from Corsica also helped him? Just because they were like, "Yo, we gotta, we gotta." Um, do they have kind of have like a like we have quotas now with like we got to take like three dudes from all the islands and stuff, each island. No, but the problem was. The reason Napoleon really didn't like it was because his father like groveled really hard to get his sons to be in like prosperous positions, mm-hmm. and he was like, I never, he never really like respected his father for doing that because like he had to just like beg and plead and just like try to pull all the connections possible to get him and his other brother to college. But you look at somebody like Napoleon, and I feel like that's unfair for Napoleon to look at his dad like that because like you you talk about like talent versus experience in somebody in like in any individual. Napoleon was, in my opinion, was like all talent all charisma, all like he had the full package. And so like, and he also had all the stars align on his journey and stuff like that. And so truly, so he, and so he, when you look at somebody like him, he looks at his dad and he's like, Oh, he had to grab on all this shit. I, you know what I mean? I would have never done that. I did it my own way. And it's like, but you're, you can't put yourself in somebody else's shoes and expect them to be able to do what you do. But I think it's, it's so, it's, I think it's the motivation behind it. His, his dad wasn't doing it for like motivation of like, hey, I want my sons to have a better future than I have. His, ba- his dad was like, if my kids go to a fancy college, people will think we're fancy. And they'll start partner. giving us the respect that we deserve as like a lower class. And he just hit like the bingo lottery. Family. I'm like, his yeah, and then actually his dad died like really early of tuberculosis, which Napoleon would eventually die from. What did, what did Napoleon's brothers do, or siblings do? Uh, become kings of different countries because his big nap ground him. 
Okay, so but were they were they Actually, were they know, on par? Broke at his all? own rule, bro. No, no. I, uh, um, he broke well, his own rule when it came to him. There, his brother um, Lucius rules for thee and not for me. His brother Lucius uh, or Luis, he he was the uh, king of uh, Hanover. And he actually did a good job, and they like consider him like pretty good in uh, the Netherlands. Okay. Um, they have a, there's a museum there too, and they're like, oh, this was like this guy was our king, and he mm. did a pretty good job, and Napoleon fired him because he like uh, was like giving them tax breaks and stuff, and being like, no, we can like really make a we can do good. He's trying to be here. good, King Richard. And he's like, I need a fucking profit, and I need fifty thousand dudes. <laughs> you know, so, like, How much did it pain Napoleon that his old man wasn't alive to see him succeed? I don't. I, I mean. How do you tell that from 1815? He never mentions it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something you would admit. And honestly, at that point in time, you have such like a... I feel like when you're on a trajectory like that, you're not really looking back. You're just kind of like moving. And at the same time, I feel like he probably... I mean, like he kind of came like... And I've only read like three books on him as far as biographies go that Gus has recommended. seems like he kind of had the God complex at that point. And he thought that... Like it, it was. It was more like it was like it wasn't his dad who gave it. It was just like he was chosen to do this shit. Yeah, and in dude. some way, it's like the chip on the shoulder was. that crushed Europe. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever? Do you like ever? A lot of people with chips on their shoulders have crushed <laughs> places yeah, throughout would, the years. I would recommend that to watch uh, Oliver Stone's Putin interviews documentary, where he interviews Putin for like four hours, right? And he talks to him about how like Putin was rising in the ranks, right? And his old man was dying when he was like when he made it to like the cabinet, right? And his dad called him. He always called him my president. He goes, "You're my president," even though he wasn't yet, and there was no, you know, they didn't know if he was going to be or not. But uh, and it said it like pained him a lot. He's like, "Yeah, it's just what do they call what do they call that when you're like no like uh when you're like gonna be king one day, but like you the don't Dauphin. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I was gonna say the heir. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no, yeah. like when you're gonna like you're like um absolute. It's like absolute um. Absolute monarchy? No, no, no. It's like it's like 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 if Gus was like going to be the king of America one the day. The heir apparent? No, 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 no. I'm saying like he had he, he was just like it was like in the stars. No matter what, he was gonna it was gonna happen. Where oh. Regardless of what happened or where he came from, he they just have like that thing where they're gonna get there. Oh, there's like a it's manifest like manifest destiny. The manifest <laughs> destiny is like what I was thinking, but it's not that. There's like a word for it. Okay. Um, but my my brain doesn't really pull words very easy when it comes to right. sense. days like today. I apologize about that. Um, do we go to Ebenezer Scrooge? Okay. I have a hot take on this. I think a Christmas carol is best done when it's done subtly. What do you mean? For instance, um, <laughs> that's too highbrow so, for so our no listeners. Kermit the Frog, no <laughs> Muppet Christmas. No, no, no. So I forget which one it is, but there is one where it's um, when it's done subtly. Well, I so for instance, they, uh, I think Disney or someone came out with a Christmas carol, and it was like them flying through the sky and like going yeah. places, and everything. Was oh like, God, that Robert Zemeckis one, Jim Carrey. Everything was, was like extreme, right? Yeah. And I like I like the old Christmas carol made in like the nineties, George C. Scott one. Yeah, where it's like um, so the three ghosts come, and they're very like subtle because I think the best thing about the Christmas carol is showing just like. The ghost, like, you don't need, it's just like all about the, it's like telling the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and like having the ghost just be like, check this out. I think the Simpsons I version is the best. <laughs> I, remember, I used to read Mad Magazine and they had a list when I was a kid and they had a list of like the 12 worst things about Christmas. And one of them was said like the latest cable TV bastardization of the Scrooge story. And it showed Snoop Dogg and it was like Scroozizzle in the hood. <laughs> every, been, like, single, every single so TV show, Man, every single TV show has, has done that bit. Every sitcom has that episode. Every, every It's a Wonderful Life show. is a Christmas yeah. Carol essentially. Kind of. Yeah, it is. Kind of. No, yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. But yeah. 
It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, but they should. But they go, hey, if you die, things are going to get way worse. Whereas they're like, wow, Scrooge, you sucked for a long time. Well, that wasn't that that he sucked. sucked yeah, it's like it's the future like the can be better. It's like the opposite, George. It's almost yeah. the exact the opposite. opposite. But Scrooge, though, a lot of it is like, hey, dude, you had the opportunity to to live a more fulfilling, non-curmudgeonly life. But at every turn, when you had the chance to get married or you worked for Fezziwig and he was a fun guy, you, you Fezziwig, were... that's right. Fezziwig Ale. Amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like you, he always made the wrong decision. He made the selfish decision or the decision that would like make him more profit, but like he would lose his soul, essentially. I love that you brought up uh, It's a Wonderful Life. That's such a great movie. It is. We always watch it whenever we put up our Christmas tree, and it's just like every time I watch it, it gets, the characters, the acting, it's so... It's good. It's incredible. Like the, who's the main dude who acts? Jimmy it? Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, that dude was a man. What's the uncle's name? Oh, it's like oh Frank. yeah, it's uh, Uncle the, Benjamin. Dude, the actor. It's like Frank or something like that. Uncle. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Uncle! He's like Uncle Frank. What the fuck is that? Fucked us in the ass. Fucked me, Uncle Frank. You fucked us in the ass, Uncle Frank. That was a great Jimmy Stewart impression. Yeah, thank you. I do it pretty good. He's in the ass, Uncle Frank. He kind of talks like. Oh, who the hell talks like that? Um. I was like, keep saying, it's fucking Potter. Hello, oh. movie house. Oh, we can- Hello, mailbox. Like, you know, he he, he kind of talks like, um, oh, who's who's the guy who plays James Bond in Goldfinger? Um, mm-hmm. Sean Connery. He has the same like, oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like, like, like wow. I feel like back. You, okay, George, let me ask you a question oh, about Bond, that. Yeah. Gonna die. People in old movies, like old radio guys and everything like that. Oh. I heard Somebody told me, this, I don't know if it's true. Like old radios when they're like, and he catches the ball and he runs. You know what I mean? And, and like, yeah. um, is that the microphone or is that the guy's just voice sound? No, like actually, it's called the mid-Atlantic accent. And they trained the celebrities. They were like, "We want you to sound this way." And when you when you were a celebrity that back would in be the day, awful. Before like the advent of like uh, when you had a manager and agent and agencies and stuff, like you you joined up with Fox, you signed to the line that was dotted with them, and you were their star. Mm-hmm. And they took you to star school, and they taught you how to talk. And they go, "This is what we want people to sound like in our movies." So people like didn't sound like that in real life. You know, I sound like this. Hey, you know, like people did have that kind of like. It, Hi. Yeah, but what's somebody her name in the, the Philadelphia m- story? She, her accent is oh, wild, man, dude. Yeah. Some, somebody told me it was well, the microphone uh, one time. The microphone uh, Hepburn or whatever. Like yeah, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine my, Hepburn. My, my, yeah. She's, she's like, like, my, my, look at you. Hey, how you doing? Well, you're looking good. I would like, like no it. one would ever talk like that. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously, Carrie. Maybe Grant. they would. I you know, know someone talks like that? Yeah. Well, no, I don't know anybody's like I'm in the East Coast. They don't sound elegant at all. Yeah. Sound greasy. from Boston, yeah. Carrie Grant sounded like this. Well, Andy. balls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy. We're on 38th Avenue, Andy. Like, yeah. Hey, listen here. See? <laughs> hey, sorry. I was trying to get it. You could it's hear that, it's that old, you see the wheels turning. I was well, like. It's like that old Chicago thing where it's like, listen here. See? Yeah. Like that. Uh, hey, Matt. You're going to use the plans. See? The family is going to get it. See? Yeah, they call it. Yeah, they call it the Mid-Atlantic accent, and it was like based on East Coast, like upper cr- crust dialect. And uh, because all the movie studio guys, like they were all Jewish guys and they wanted to be like accepted in like the wasp culture and mm-hmm. stuff. And they wanted to. And they actually. Well, I don't want to go on a big tangent with that. But no, I'm go ahead. Back on what? Did anyone else get freaked out by the ghost of Future Past? And that was he like the he was like he's like guy? a ring wraith. And what? Yeah, in, in the, the Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol the movie made in like the two thousands. Oh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking. They about. They never like show. It's just a shadow that's like. <laughs> it's like the Return of the Slab. Yeah, they give the director way too much like leeway on that one. That one's like free. they needed some Hollywood dude to be like, let's make the guy pretty. Like let's give him a face. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe a charming old man. Like, that would work. He's a soulless wraith. I always, I always really <laughs> I liked. Uh, you know, really, I really, I was really liked when his old business partner came back to him and he was like, Bob Marley. Oh, no, 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 no. Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley. <laughs> and he was in When you said that, I was like, what the fuck? Well, that's a great movie. Remember, it's not too late, Mom. Remember he comes back. <laughs> Smoke a little ganja. 
This guy. This is the real Christmas tree. <laughs> um, and the guy doesn't know what's going on here. I'm like, there's going to be some kind remember of his, way remember out his, uh, of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Switch over to Jimi Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix I know. Remember, yeah. I'm racist. <laughs> remember when, uh, yeah, Snoop Lion shows up. Uh, but uh, remember uh, when he has like those chains and everything? And he's like, these chains are all the sins that I committed. And, and he's just, dragging those boxes of more chains dude, and, and he's, shit. And he tells Scrooge, he's like, your chains are three times as long as mine. Right. That always really stuck with me. Is like also, I what stuck with me is Scrooge is like not as phased by that as he should be. Like Bob Barker comes out and goes, I'm so fucked as a ghost. And Scrooge is like, what are you doing in my goddamn house? <laughs> <laughs> It's I, like, a hard I like the Daffy Duck Christmas Carol the best, where he dies. Scrooge like, McDuck. No, and then Family Guy does such a great bit on that, where he like die, he's like they're doing the Christmas oh, yeah. Carol, and he dives into the gold, and it's like he smashes into it, and he gets all deformed. He's like, it's not a liquid, it's a solid. <laughs> he breaks his bones. I'm sorry, that's where the lowbrow humor comes. No, in. we got we got to keep the funny. lowbrow fans entertained. That's good. No, I, Christmas Carol underrated, and sometimes I skip watching those because it's like ah, I've seen that shit before. You know, it's a Wonderful Life, but you know, it's a Wonderful Life was not a hit when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was a big flop, and the only reason it became a big hit was because it was such a flop that they didn't even bother to renew the copyright on it. So every te- television station in the country could play it for free. And they so did. And they did. So yeah. What's the statute it's, it's of limitations the, or something like that where it all of a sudden becomes public property? It, like used to, years? it used to be lower back in the day. It used to be like 40 years. They extended it to like 100 years. And then our friends at Disney continue to find a way to like keep it going <laughs> so they can keep Mickey Mouse in the house. Right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they hold on to that shit. Like, keep Mickey in that house. That's what I call it. Mean, honestly, like you look at that and it's like if you're a company that's okay, if you're a company that like a studio that like is going to last like 30 years, that law makes sense. But if you're somebody like Disney where it's like, hey, look, you're just going to all of a sudden make our assets available. Like what if like this building, like all of a sudden after 100 years, like, well, now it's everybody. Yeah, and it's like wait a second. Like, well, you know what, what happened in Russia? This is everybody's. I was in China now. You can't own property. You lease it for a hundred years. Yeah, within sort of libertarian communities, there's an interesting argument about whether or not intellectual property should be a thing or not, or it's just like a creation of the government, right? Should we even have patents, etc., right? Which we didn't used to. And I, I was always like, dude, you gotta have fucking patents. And I still am on that board. But I find it an interesting conversation. I watched a good movie that got bad reviews, but it's good. Please check it out. It's called The Current War. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it as. Uh, uh, Edison, and you know it's about his battle with George Westinghouse over the light bulb to like who could get the light bulb and the and the and the currents across the country faster. And who they they went like city by city acquiring like oh Detroit's going with Edison, uh, Michigan's you know uh, fucking Baltimore's going with Westinghouse. What's right? the movie called? It's called The Current War. It's really good. Mm. And um, there was a bit in there where basically it seems it's a little sketchy about whether or not Westinghouse like stole the light bulb from Edison. Right, he he was always going to court with him, like saying he stole the light bulb. But Edison was stuck on the idea that we needed to use direct current to get the to get the light to everybody, and he he didn't think uh, 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 alternating currents would work. But Westinghouse did. Well, you know and, who invented alternating current? Oh, Tesla. Okay. Well, okay. And basically, yeah, because Tesla worked for Westinghouse because mm-hmm. he got fired by David Edison because he told him to use alternating current. Yeah, do okay. it. David Bowie invented the light bulb. Well, they thought, alter- they thought alternating current would be extremely dangerous. Like, you'd plug in, like, that, yeah. that's the whole story where, like, the first president who had electricity in the White House, he wouldn't touch any light switches. He wouldn't yeah. plug anything in because he was horrified that he would, like, hit it yeah. and just get fucking fried because that happened. Like, yeah. some rich yeah, dude would be like, I have electricity. And then one day he'd, like, flip a switch and he'd be like, like like cri- like crisp yeah, yeah so exactly. I don't I don't pretend Could to you be- imagine fucking with a substance like that not having like oh, and there's geez. and you're creating the safety and science of it well oh it's like God. that's like that's like nuclear energy so that's like what who's the guy who does the alien documentary uh, Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar yeah. and he talks about how 
Like they, he was because George Joe Rogan had him on, and Joe Rogan's like, "Why don't you guys just take the shit apart?" And Bob Lazar's like, "What if you gave like a nuclear bomb to people in the 1800s, and they just started taking it apart, and then the radiation killed everybody in the room, and yeah. then whoever came in to find them then died of the radiation too, and it was just like a thing." And it's like we were we didn't know what this was, and it's like that was what electricity was back then. Yeah. Nobody understood, nobody really knew. You had people like um, Faraday who like actually understood what was yeah. going on, and then and but it was like electricity back in the day was so interesting because it was like a theatric. Faraday would have like oh, yeah. it's like it's like a thirty that we'd have like like if Alex was like inventing electricity and he's like come on over I'm gonna get in a cage and they're gonna electrify it and like I'm not gonna die because he knew like oh if you're off the ground and you're not grounded you're not gonna get you're not it's yeah. not gonna go through you or whatever it's yep. like yeah but yeah only it's single people really knew about that back in the day and so it was like magic and Edison went 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 with direct current still magic to me does yeah because Edison yeah, no shit I don't yeah, I, I don't know, know I don't pretend to know but Edison I don't know why hey, that neon runs on goddamn yeah. night. I don't know why that's bright yeah. I don't know how this camera looks I, know I don't know why this is loud Alex was trying <laughs> to explain photons to me when we were driving home today and he was like well think about this if you were a sentient photon like a, a basically what is basically a cell in a beam of light. We're made up of cells. Light is made up of photons, right? Are we made of cells? Yeah. Thanks, George. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. You know the, but, but he the goes, mitochondria is the powerhouse but, of the cell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Alex just goes, Alex goes, uh, yeah, if you were a photon of light, you would experience all time at once, and you would like be at the end of time within one second. And I was just like, I don't, I can't wrap my fucking I woke up in the middle of this car, right, and heard this, and immediately went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, I was going to say about, about patents is that had Edison been able to preserve his ownership of the lightning of the light bulb and just kept it he would have gone with direct current and there would be a glut of power stations all over the country like everywhere the infrastructure you'd have to build to create the capacity to have light on a mass scale with direct current would be like like you would this place would look like china yeah right and and uh because westinghouse was able to get his own light bulb right he went with auto current and he was like no we'll do power lines and there won't be just like industrial shit mm-hmm. all over the place. So there's an example where maybe subverting patent law helped out the society a little bit. Well, that's why, why like, I brought that and, up. And, 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 and when you look at countries like that are... That Sorry. Are, when you, George, and you talk about infrastructure being built that way, like China, Russia, the Soviet bloc, it all looks a certain way because they like when you look at a communist country, we've talked about this before, there's really no research and development. It's just like they skip that phase and they just basically take an idea and they run with it's it. Continuous and sustainment. So, yeah, somebody like China's like, okay, well, I want my place to be still running in 300 years. So we're going to take the safe option, which actually boned them in the long run where in America you had a free market and they're like, okay, people are just going to buy what they buy. And some people are like, give me the best shit. Oh, it's risky. Well, I, I'm, I take risks all the time. I'm fucking Vanderbilt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 but in China, they're like, no, like I'm trying to run Russia. I'm trying to run like, I, I want this, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a perfect world. Um, Utopia. I want this utopia I'm creating right now to run forever. So you know what? It's going to not be pretty, but we're going to at least have this like very safe, very rugged. Op- That's why people like like Chinese phones like Huawei and stuff like that because they're extremely practical and they work super well and they don't break and shit like and that. And also what Huawei was doing too was – But it's were- not – there's no like – there's no cool shit like Apple where – you know what right. I mean? But it's like this is like the thing. Anyway, go ahead. The reason Huawei was able to in- infiltrate – if you, if you will, American like uh, power grids and stuff was because they were offering cellular service to really rural countries that our companies or our government wouldn't bother with. And we don't do, and, the, so. and you know, the whole reason for that is, is because co-op, the, the model of a co-op is so horrible now as far as like making money. Back in the day, farmers didn't give a shit. They're like, we need phones. We need a grocery store. We need a way to sell our corn. And we only have like five acres. So we're going to do this co-op. But now you got the big boys going on and shit. What are we getting too far here? No, I was just fucking with you. Okay. Well now, yeah, but now, now, now we got the big boys going. It's like, no, I want to make a shit ton of money. And the co-op is not the option for that. And so some, so all of these farmers have nothing to do. And so Huawei rolls in and they go, Hey, look, we're going to give you infrastructure. It's going to be sick. You're going to be good, whatever. Yeah. They take it. 
because nobody else is going to invest in them and they don't have the resources to invest in themselves because the days of like being like, you know what? Fuck them. We're going to make our own phone company and everybody in Council Bluffs is going to own part of it. And yeah. it's just going to run. Yep. And it's like nowadays, like that doesn't exist because if I just went to Gus's house, like next door to mine, I'm like, hey, man, we want to do a community phone company. You want to give me 15 bucks a, 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 like a month for it or whatever? And Gus is like, like, well, this giant corporation is going to give me five ninety nine, yeah. and like all of these deals. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and and the, basically the man takes over. It's like we could have our own thing that works really well and like we all own it. But like, no, nah, I just want the I just want the easy thing. And I don't yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, like if somebody came to me and said that shit, I'd be like, oh, no, dude, I'm going to stick with OPPD. Like, right, like right. I, I want to make sure this shit works. This is easy. I I'm just brand loyal. Yeah. It's like I just well, you just forget about it. That's I mean, we, yeah. we get lazier as a society as time goes on. And we don't we don't ownership gets taken over by laziness. It's hard to own something. It's hard to be responsible for something. If I can just come home from work, sit down and my lights work. And nobody's going to call me and be like, hey, Andy, shit's out. We got to go like fix this down line. Like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, at least I have like ownership over my world where like if the grid was just shut down, I could do nothing. I'm just like, hope OPPD, OPPD gets that shit back up. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you sure as fuck don't want me doing it. Yeah, exactly. But what's your ne- what's the next, yeah, what's the next one? What do you got? Oh, I can do one. Mine's going to be a lot weirder from Andy's though. No, this is good. I, l- I like the way this is going. Mine's Herman Cain. Dude. Okay, so I was listening to a podcast. Right? Dude, he died. He died. He's right? not alive anymore. Herman Cain he, died. He, he died of COVID. Dude. He died of COVID. He died. So anyway. He died of COVID. He died of COVID. <laughs> a a lot of people have died of COVID. So what's, yeah. for some reason, they're just breezing over everybody. No COVID. No, COVID. no, no more. No COVID. It has to be. I brought up Herman Cain. Yeah. I brought him in. COVID is, COVID <laughs> is bad. Dude, Herman Cain. Herman Cain died of cancer. Herman Cain was kind of <laughs> we lit. We're though. switching it. Dude, Herman Cain was kind of lit. Cain got cancer. He was sick. Dude. Wasn't he the guy who did the three three three? Three five five five. Five five. Because actually, I was listening yeah. to a podcast with Michael Malice, and he talked about how Herman Cain died. And someone goes, "How old was he?" And he goes, "He was five five five. Next, <laughs> dude. I remember that joke's been said on this podcast seven times. When he was running for president, dude, he was like hot on fire. And then like twenty eight chicks came out. We're like, "Yeah, Herman touched me." Yeah, he was fucked. He Godfather's right. Get what? Godfather's pizza was his thing, wasn't it? Oh, I thought you were saying like yeah. they got it's Dominoes. Yeah, I thought George Domino's was saying. Domino's used to be a huge piece of shit, and Herman Cain basically rolled it and was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're just gonna say is. we suck really bad." That was like the first time a company ever came out and looks. We've sucked for the last thirty years. We know it. Everybody's everything about this sucks. We're yeah. gonna change it. Give us three. Those months. ads and stuff that was him. now Domino's huge. Herman Cain was. I good. thought George. I thought George said he assaulted him in a Domino's. <laughs> like he was like Domino's, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the Godfather. It's a takeout place. <laughs> no, that, no. dude. Like, but that five 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 taxing—that's like exactly like a pizza ad. Five, five, five. Breadsticks, pizza, and fucking cinnamon. But he was the like, I made the biggest stuff. pizza company in the fucking world. Like, he, yeah, he was he, yeah, he knows what he's doing. But he got he got sexual harassment shit. If you, uh, go, you, if you go to Shanghai right now, you're I, in here's a here's a picture of me and Herman Cain. I met him in Bayless Park County Council Bluffs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You did. Do you have a picture with him? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Herman Cain, the thing that I think is he's most remembered for is his horrifically shitty campaign ad. You ever see that? What was it? Okay, he had a campaign ad that's considered like universally one. Play it the, yeah, I'll play it to be one of the worst, and I'll play it right now. All right, so that was Herman Cain's ad, considered to be one of the worst of all time, because at the end, his dude like rips a cig, and you're right, Gus, he did not, like no smoke even came out, so it was just that like, was the did that guy sound drunk? He sounded drunk. Wait, wait, he was like, wait, he'd be like you, like like on his words, that looked like a fucking like local, like yeah, like horrible. that looked like he was running for council. Dude, mayor. have you seen yeah. that once George did the ads? George did look better than that, and it was like for like a what local year was that in? Two thousand eight. Plus, the other thing too is he like. 
the ad like he begs for your appeal. Like he was like, "Trust me, I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know you, dog." We've run a campaign like nobody, and he has no seen. energy, and yeah. he's like the least motivated. Who's idea? And then that close up at the end of Herman came where he's just like. He looks like Modoc. If people don't know who Modoc is, it's an Iron Man villain that's yet to be in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Modoc. It's a giant floating head. But uh um I think actually they were talking about doing Modoc for the movies and they wanted to get Jack Black as Modoc. That, that, that would be amazing. amazing. But, what an uh, incredible cast casting decision that oh, would be. Like, that'd be awesome. But um <laughs> or like, I think they're talking about John Malkovich too, which I think would be really good. I'm trying to think of someone else who I would want He's to see. No, no, I know who he is. After reading. I'm trying to think of someone whose head I would want to see superimposed. Because I think Jack Black is an incredible choice. Yeah, but, but dude, like, John Malkovich is so good at getting pissed off, though. Like, oh, yeah. Like, in, in like a giant reading. head, be like, where the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck head. Like in, uh, Burn After Reading is so good in that. You are opening up a shit storm you yeah. don't understand. <laughs> I'm a good Samaritan. Oh, who else? Who else would be, be a good Modoc? I think... Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd would be hilarious. Dude, that's a really interesting a choice. Big Dan Aykroyd dude, head. Dan Aykroyd head. Yeah. That would be funny. Even if they just had him in the movie for like five minutes, it's like an enemy they killed at the beginning. Yeah. Like, dude, bring in Modoc. Like they drop a fucking billion on his head. <laughs> I think it would always be really, really cool if for a Captain America movie, they would, uh, like with Winter Soldier and like uh, Falcon, they were to do like Kirby's Mad Bomb series from the 70s. Uh, Jack Kirby... After like falling out with Stanley, he left and went to DC during most of the set. So in the late sixties, Kirby left. He went to DC. Kirby went to DC. Yeah, he was pissed off at, Cur- at Stan Lee. Really? They had a real rivalry because Kirby thought he wasn't getting paid enough, and he didn't think he was getting the recognition. Probably wasn't because he really made a lot of those. He really he made the brand, to be honest. He, he thought he wasn't getting the recognition he deserved. Yeah, I think it's probably right. And uh, they do. They didn't like. They had a real falling out. And he came back to Marvel in the 70s for like five years, and he wrote and drew Captain America, a character he created in the 40s, right? And remember all his stories were all crazy. They were all like Captain America goes yeah. to a crazy castle, and there's all these mutants and stuff. And yeah, like, there's and like the, the guns were always weird and like lasers and stuff. Yeah, and like MODOK was big, and like there's yeah. a big giant head that was like the universe. Did he create Nomad too? No, that was like uh, Roy Thomas and the guys. That was like during Watergate when they were trying to be like, oh, yeah, we're anti-establishment. But actually, uh, Kirby and Lee, they had a, they were still like pissed at each other after that. Like, Kirby left in like, the 80s. He was gone. He went and did his own thing. And uh, Lee was actually on a radio station in like the 90s, and Jack Kirby called in. And they had like a reconciliation where Lee was like, well, I'm sorry if you felt like you were not appreciated. And he's like, well, Stan, I should have said something, and I was young. I didn't think I should have spoken up. But, uh, you know, you're a good man. I got, I got a question around this topic. Yeah. What is your favorite... Who's your favorite artist who does comic book series? Because mine's actually, mine has changed. It depends. If you're talking like classic Marvel and stuff, like, what do you mean? I'm talking about anyone, any graphic novel. What is your favorite artist? I have to say, maybe my favorite, if an artist I get really excited about if he's drawing a comic is probably Steve McNiven. I love his stuff. Does he do Daredevil? He did Civil War. Oh, his artwork isn't good. Okay, not him. Okay, he doesn't I met, count because his artwork is, is okay. easily number one. I met Steve McNiven at the, at the Kansas City Comic Con and he drew me a picture of Batman for free. Whoa. He's Where's just that at? Wait, did, what was the name? So basically, Katarina, what we're doing is, and everybody, this is Katarina. Nice this guy. Is my, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're on, you're, on the cam- you're on the camera right now. Yeah, like I said, you're getting kicked out of dumb school after this. Um, yeah, no one will hire you yeah, after. This is my, uh, this is my friend, campaign Katarina. on this show. <laughs> we're going to do it to CD. <laughs> yeah. 
38th Avenue building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just found out about, about the podcast yesterday. I was like, hey, I got to mention something, by the way. <laughs> I got to get something off my chest, dude. And I was like, maybe you could come on one day. Who knows? I didn't think you'd get like waxed like this, but. Well, I had one thing I wanted to say about Herman Cain. One more. We talked oh, yeah, about Herman, Herman Cain. We true. talked about Herman Cain's shitty campaign ad. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, there was another guy who did a shitty campaign. His name is Mike Gravel, right? And he was actually a legit guy. Like in, he was a senator in the 70s, and he actually was integral in getting the Pentagon Papers published because they were trying to suppress this Pentagon what Papers. What are the Pentagon Papers? Okay, there's a guy named... Uh, uh, is that how you feel all the time? What? Is that how you feel all the time on the podcast where George just talks about things and you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about? Yeah, I just... I actually, honestly, at first I was like, George, can you explain to the audience what you're talking about right now? And George would explain, but honestly, like, I, I kind of got tired of being the dumb guy. And so I just like go, hmm. Like, no, <laughs> that's not true. Dude, you did a whole conversation about like the f- fucking space like on the first episode. But anyway... Um, yeah, that's different than this. This, yeah, is, your, this really, is your wheelhouse. Okay, but anyway, uh, this guy named... Uh, this guy named... Uh, fucking, I'll come with his name later. But Daniel Ellsberg, he broke... He, he worked for... Uh, he worked for, I think... Raytheon or somebody and he released figures that the Pentagon had put together that said basically the Vietnam War was unwinnable and no he worked for uh, um, Boeing no 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 no. he worked for that think tank oh yeah uh, I can't remember the name uh, of you know what I'm talking uh, about right? Radar or AIM or something weird it's it like, was something weird it yeah was he like, worked for them yeah he worked for them you're right and he released those papers and they were trying to put him in jail and Mike Gravel actually in order to get the word out, because the, the the government was going to say, hey, a press, he goes, hey, if the press prints this, we're going to sue him, right? So he goes, okay, I'm a sitting senator. I can say whatever I want on the House floor. So he got up and read it, right? So everyone was like, oh, this guy's lit. But he ran for president in 2012, along with the whole cavalcade of Herman Cain and whatnot. And his commercial was uh, literally, he's in a park, and he looks into the camera, and then he turns around and walks away and grabs a stone and throws a stone into the water and then walks away. And it was like, my uh, this dude for president. Everyone was like, uh, "That sounds like Herman Cain." Yeah, it's like a, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it sounds like so. Earlier we went over that. You remember who Herman Cain is? Okay, Herman Cain was the. Uh, what did he do, George? He ran Domino's. Yeah, he ran. Do- I think it's Godfather's man. It was Domino's. It is no, Domino's. Godfather's. He, is, oh, the Rand Corporation. Rand. That yeah, sounds so. So evil. he ran. He ran. He basically fixed Domino's, and then he was like, "I'm a big Republican dude. And I'm going to do all this shit." And he ran a, a campaign ad where some like ugly white guy was like talking he's like he's like herman cain's gonna fix shit and at the end he's like ripping a cig and it's like a close-up on his face it's it's like it's the strangest shit I've ever seen in my life if he ran for office council boss he would have won because of the cig oh, yeah. but um, he, was, he was actually <laughs> like he was cool he was funny he was kind of like a proto trump because he was like hey i'm not a politician i'm doing my shit and blah 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 yeah that was good stuff but uh, who's your next guy gussie uh okay my next person is actually and this is this is someone i i you want to go to bat for because I think they didn't get enough work. Uh, Hugo Mortensen. Who is Hugo? Everyone. Oh, Vigo Mortensen. That's Vigo. Vigo. Mortensen. I was like, who the fuck is he? That's I thought his name was Hugo this whole time. It's Vigo. Okay, dude. Vigo? V- dude, Vigo's got a bunch of shit going on. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. Like what? Have you ever seen History of Violence? <laughs> no. Have you ever seen Eastern Promises? I only knew this mofo was in Hidalgo and like the Lord of the Rings movies. Okay. He worked a lot with David Cronenberg. Yeah. You would really like Eastern Promises, where he plays a Russian mob member who falls in love with uh, Naomi Watts. Hmm. Good stuff. I loved him as an actor. I thought he was great. Yeah. Me too. Viggo Mortensen is honestly like Hidalgo. Great movie. Um, shout out to Hidalgo. Wait, did you guys already talk about that? That's what I said. I only know this motherfucker from Lord of the Rings and Hidalgo. No, dude, Hidalgo. That was such a good. That, Hidalgo so Hidalgo was one of the movies that, like, back when, like, you had like the, the DVD player in your car, and like, I was a kid, and we'd go on family trips. Hidalgo was just always in the thing. Yeah, that and like, I've uh, seen Hidalgo like fifteen times. Sahara. For, 
I was about to say that. Was yeah, he in Sahara? No, no. But no. that in Sahara was like, and like bench dude. warmers were always in people's cars. Dude, Sahara's <laughs> a bench warmer shit. No, um, dude, Sahara gets a bad rap. It, you know, like got really bad reviews. I think that movie's it's good. Movie, yeah. Remember we told Matthew McConaughey we liked it yeah. when we met him in the airport. Yeah. Yeah, Gus and I. Yeah, we went dicks out for the brand on that we one. We did, we did. We were like, dude, Sahara was solid. But uh, it was good. Steve. Hey, what's going on over there? She, she has like these puff guards. Try this. This is like. What is this? I don't know. You're going to get COVID. Oh, is, this like, is this like gas station, like once, one and done's? I think so, yeah. You can't, Did he like, use you have to buy a, these every single time. How much do these cost? $10. Did he use you as a drug meal to bring more jewel here? Which 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 end are you supposed to come from? One thing I didn't know about. Come dental, for vape, stay for the cash. One thing I didn't know about dental school before I met uh, Katarina is that everybody's addicted to nicotine. <laughs> Sorry, really? I just outed you guys. Is that true? <laughs> is that true? What? Is, the, is that true? Some of us. <laughs> apparently, apparently, nicotine. Wait, go ahead. Do the bit about it. It keeps you up late and stuff like that, doesn't it? I just, yeah, it keeps you up. I don't know. It's just like. So Christopher yeah, Hitchens said about smoking. They were like, Christopher, you quit smoking because you got cancer and you're bald now. But they're like, dude, what do you, uh, what do you like about cigarettes so much? He goes, well, they're just perfect. They push you to sleep when you're tired. They keep you going when you're awake. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why I quit the things. Goddamn it! He's <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but uh, that's gonna be the biggest bitch about quitting smoking. What? So that's gonna be the biggest bitch about quitting smoking. Yeah, talking yeah, to the goddamn Mike. What's his cucumber? Oh, lychee ice, yeah. banana ice. Yeah. Oh, shit, banana. Am I gonna one. get crack addicted to these things? Go ahead. I've never ahead. had one before. You never had a vape before. I never did a vape. No. Well, you're about to become a. I'm not gonna say it. Which way do I? Which way do I? <laughs> which way do I breathe into it? <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to you. Cue the air horns. When goes like. I, 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 I breathe into this side. You, yes. you don't breathe in. You, you don't breathe. Yeah. Yeah, you well, don't I feel breathe. bad because Charlie's been wanting me to vape for like the longest time. I've always denied him. I feel like if I'm going to, I should do it from Big C. No, fuck the Big C. Do it right now on 38th Avenue. This feel- is Gus's first time with a vape live on 38th Avenue. Live. <laughs> this is yeah. the shit you people want to see. The, yeah, the <laughs> ball is dropping. This is what you come dropping. for week in and week out. <laughs> Raw life. <laughs> and the people who are listening, get on fucking YouTube, you hacks. Goddamn. Yeah, subscribe <laughs> to our channel. We need more views on YouTube. All the Spotify shit. We get all our views on Spotify. Yeah. I hate that. I've been doing so hard on these videos, you know? Oh, yeah. You like that. I saw your face. You're like, ooh. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> is it like, is oh, really? nicotine in this? Yeah. I, this seems really addictive. Yeah. I'm trying to okay. I'm gonna list mine off. You guys can choose who you want to talk about. Okay. Okay. So I've got Mark David Chapman, General Dodge, Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Her nudes were lit. She's a minx, dude. She is an absolute minx. I was watching her Netflix movies with Taylor, because apparently Netflix is getting into the Hallmark movie game of like cheap Christmas romance movies. Right. I and fucked up when I was a little kid when like when High School Musical came out because I was too busy trying to be like fuck High School Musical. That's lame. I should have been. Get on my knees and worshiping hot ass Vanessa Hudgens, dude. Yeah. I She's missed so a serious opportunity. Way too stoic back if they didn't do that. Like, yeah, no, no, Gussie, no. you got to watch the Absolutely. Princess Switch, bro. It's so good. <laughs> and so in this movie, she plays two characters that look exactly the same. They have to switch places. Vanessa, if you watch this show, I'm out here. I'm waiting. Uh, Bud Dwyer. You know Bud Dwyer? Nobody was a fuck. Th- okay, Anakin Skywalker. Fuck you guys. That's my next one. Anakin Skywalker. Dude, Bud Dwyer was a congressman who shot himself in the face Let on TV. Let me just TV. name my names. Okay, I had Captain Ahab, Anakin Skywalker. Whoa, dude, you watched that video? Bud Wait, Dwyer is a guy who, he was like a senator. And he, oh, have you seen this video? He shot himself on the head on Does, TV. So this guy literally, like, he's making, like, a political speech, and he's just like, fuck the government, fuck my ex-wife, and fuck everybody. And he pulls out, like, an envelope and pulls a gun out, shoots himself in the head. On TV? He, no, 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 no. He pulls out and goes, don't panic. He's like, stay back. Somebody can get hurt yeah, <laughs> he just shoots himself everyone yeah. thinks it's like a stunt like they're like oh he's putting out a gun it's like the first gun and he blasts himself and, okay first of all 
George goes, have you ever seen uh, the senator who shot himself in the Senate? And I'm like, what, in Colombia or something? He goes, no, in the U.S. Senate. I'm like, there's no fucking... He wasn't a senator. He was like a local something. He was like a local... Oh, yeah, we're going like to put a, a state on this man? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> give the guy a fucking break. <laughs> okay, he was a president. He wasn't important enough. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. No, no. George so, is like, let's be honest here. He was a low-level politician. <laughs> a troffer at best. <laughs> he, well, he was in trouble. No. Honestly, you know, he looked at his career and he goes, I'm not going to be president one day, but I want to live in infamy, motherfucker. No, he, he was Every 13-year-old is going to watch that YouTube Video. There was a song from the 90s by Filter called Hey Man, Nice Shot, and it was about him. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? At least you went to fire twice. Yeah. Dude, yeah. no, I remember that was the, George showed me that. I remember, like, I was in, like, so I, I was in, like, the junior high part of St. Albert, so I must have been young, because I remember where I was at. I was right next to Mrs. Regan's room. That was like, the first time I've ever seen, because, like, you go on Reddit and, like, you see, like, crazy shit and stuff like that. That was the first time I've ever no. seen somebody die, and I literally could not believe. No, we I just were, watched we were in study stuff. hall, and George goes, Do you want to see something wild? I did not show this to you. Yeah, you did. Yes, you showed it to us. George goes, what do you mean? You showed us all kinds of shit back Yeah, check out this senator oh, kills himself, and we're like, okay, they probably won't show it, and we're watching it, this dude blows himself away in the music, in the video. He was in trouble for corruption, and he was supposed to come out and, like, talk about- the race out, man. Yeah. You can find this court. You were supposed you to- get off, You could just quit. Like, go work- Like, go work- Go work at the mill. Like, do anything. Like, why the fuck are you gonna kill yourself? Yeah, man, probably gonna win re-election, but there's another job. Well, like, this like, is the only life for me. because, <laughs> like, he, they, he was- you know, you know, that guy's fucking- He's a down motherfucker. If yeah. anything- like he's down for the brand he's like no that honestly that's very much like he's like a samurai like back in the day when they'd be like right, I lost dude. and like yeah, 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 yeah. in the credit section they played my way by Frank Sinatra <laughs> <laughs>